past two years, we've been engaged in a unique and ambitious project, the drafting of a written constitution for the United Kingdom, compiled by the people themselves. The skeptics said it couldn't be done, but thanks to the power of crowdsourcing, we now have a draft of the people's constitution. Two years on or thereabouts, from a meeting with a bunch of people in the theatre in LSE, David Blunkett and others among them, Richard Gordon, Carol Harlow, Leah Yip, we said, let's draft a constitution. Who'd have thought, a month and a half before the Magna Carta commemoration, we would have a constitution with a beginning, a middle and an end. We travelled to Glasgow and Derby, where we sought the views of young people on the state of our country, our constitution, political representation and their hopes for the future. As young people, I don't think we're given a chance. We're asking for a chance and the right to housing and education. We all struggle with housing and education because we come against childcare. We can do the rest, we just need the groundwork. We held a constitutional carnival with surgeries and meetings across the LSE campus where the public could discuss the issues. We took the debate to Liverpool, Nottingham, Cambridge and Portsmouth and the arguments raged on our website, attracting thousands of comments and more than 24,000 votes. On April the 22nd, we invited our crowdsourcing community champions to a constitutional convention at LSE where they could meet face to face, discuss the issues with constitutional experts and begin the process of distilling the work of the online community into the first draft of a written constitution for the United Kingdom. It is people who have power who grant them to governments yes. and tiers of government. And it is very important to me that it's actually built from the bottom up, not the top down. Yeah. Power at the moment in Britain is ridiculously centralised. Yes. If, it, if it's, if it's but I think spread it's, out it is, in some way, devolution is as good a word as, as no, any other. No, but I think, but, no, it isn't. But I think devolution that, ultimately is that the power resides at the top and it is granted yeah, to I mean, lower levels. The plan was to bring our main engaged people together. We call them champions. The people who had been most involved in the website as the dramatic drafting of the constitution unfolded. They divided themselves up into different tables. They took specific subjects and the champions interacted with the facilitators to produce clauses. I'm not sure whether getting them two years younger will make any difference whatsoever. I think you'll have some people will be very excited, they'll be in school, in schools encourage them to vote, they'll vote. Whether it will mean that they will carry on voting throughout their late teens and twenties, I, I, I doubt it. I think you'll just have an, another group of people who mostly won't be voting. It seems right to me to link it to uh, fighting on the front line. I, mean, I think 16 would be far too young, but I for anything like that. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying about um, eight, 18 for fighting and things like that, but there is, a, there is a, a principle here in that there are a lot of things which Parliament legislates on behalf of sort of behaviour between two people, and that age is set at 16, you know, particularly for um, sexual relationships. 
which is which therefore suggests that eight, that 16 is a good point to start voting. We talked about performance, though. You know, like you talked about results, and I think you're absolutely right. And the results for an MP, the important criteria for an MP, is whether they're listening to their constituency and whether they're doing their job in voting. And those of all the constituents have got a view, and that the the MP is actually opposing that view because they're towing the party line, for instance. And so how do we how do we actually assess how well they're representing their constituents? That's At the halfway stage, we introduced a team of experts to help the groups finalise their thoughts. We have Sophia Cannon, barrister, Robert Craig, academic here at LSC, Andrew Blick, who is at King's, uh, Tony Travers, who is here at LSE, uh, Paul Evans, who is clerk to the journals in the House of Commons, and Professor Carol Harlow from LSE. All of them are aware of the project, uh, but have not been actively involved in, in, in constitutional drafting. But they come with specialist areas, uh, and they will be circulating. There's people who have an opinion, and then you have people who spend a lifetime looking at the loopholes. So it's in that tension between, as it were, in inverted commas, the ordinary person and their opinion, which is valid, and the expert whose opinion, informed by study, is valid in a different but important way. So we've brought them together. I think what I'm saying is, it's not so much what it is, and whether, and as I say, this may be a thing for that, you know, to, to the bigger discussion, whether you have the freedom for different nations within the UK Federation, if we see the UK as a federation, to set their own voting systems, or would the Constitution have an override for democracy, which said there will be the same voting system everywhere and it will be this form? And that's, you could argue that either way. Neither community in that space dominated, but in the end, the people were the decision makers, informed not only by the facilitators, but by the experts. The key objection to reform the House of Lords generally is that it will be, if it's too democratic, if it's too obviously democratic, it will become a challenge to the House of Commons. So you're proposing something which is not obviously democratic. We want a more, if we say more democratic Commons, okay. uh, which is therefore I think logically harder to form a majority, but therefore we didn't see the need for a, a, a democratic such a, such a democratic counterbalance. We want a more representative or a more expert and revising and advisory body. Finally, it was time for each of the groups to present their findings to the convention and answer issues from the floor. I went round from group to group to group asking them to tell us what they had decided. Uh, we agreed on lowering the voting age to 16 because we saw the success in the Scottish referendum. And then there was reactions from the others. If you don't like the parties or the candidates that you know that are standing, then you just stand yourself. And so we had, at the end of that amazing evening, a pretty tangible sense of what it was that the people wanted. And then putting together the constitution afterwards was really a matter of relatively straightforward cohering of what we already had decided as a people. The highlight for me actually is really is, is the quality of the debate that, that went on uh, and the fact that people, ordinary people who are not necessarily politically affiliated or in politics could have a voice. Uh, and I thought it was a really exciting um, idea that you could actually spread politics and spread lawmaking and constitution making way beyond the, sort of the reach of normal politics and normal political affiliations. Yeah.